The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's a lot of good things we can talk about with regards to these stats, but I got one game ball. Mitchie, one of our favorites, he told us once upon a time the reason they loved him so much in Jacksonville is he has just enough white trash. Just the right that touch. His quote, <laughs> not ours. But that's Gardner Mitchell, and they love him in Indianapolis. And let's start right there before we get to something okay. I want to tell you about. Yeah. Anthony Richardson reportedly out for a month or longer, so it's Gardner Minshew. Yeah. And they're lucky they got him. 100%. And I think after this year, someone snatches him up as a starter. Right. I don't know what his contract is. I'll look at it. But whatever it is, hopefully he did one year so he could go somewhere else and at least compete to be a starter. Yeah, right. Because the guy can play. No, he can play. He's one of those guys that we've kind of talked about the last two, three years, right? He's like fringe where it's like, wait, is he the best backup in football? Or is he a quarterback that be, could, could, you know, should be a starter and, and hold it down for a period of time? He's got a lot of intangibles. He's a great leader. You see the guys rally around him. He can come off the bench and run an offense you know, really pretty perfectly like we saw yesterday. We saw it a little last year, too. I mean, let's not forget on the Eagles. He went to Dallas and threw for 350 yards and hadn't played in 12 weeks, right? So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you there, and uh, hopefully this will be a chance for him to earn it. They're, they're pretty good. they got a pretty good offense, and he's smart, and he takes to that coaching and knows that system. I hear you. We'll see where it goes. It stinks about Anthony Richardson, though. It well, does. And just shows you the NFL is a different game than college. Last night I kept pushing and yeah. pushing and pushing for Football Night in America for halftime. What's going on? What's going on? Anything going on? It was like, we don't know anything. We don't know anything. NFL media reporting this morning he's going to miss at least a month. But that AC joint sprain is something, depending upon the degree, you could come back quickly like Derek Carr did. Sure. So there was at least some hope among right. Colts fans. But right. the solace is you've got Gardner Minshew, who... I think works on Tuesdays also, so that's another thing. Oh, oh, boom, first shot of the day towards Kirk Cousins. Uh, Yeah, but you're right, does work on Tuesdays, and we'll have Jonathan Taylor coming (laughs) back to be a part of the team. Yeah. All right? And they won. They won. He's played extensively in three games this year, and they've won every one of them. He beat the Ravens, and I know quarterback wins aren't a stat. I think that the quarterback has an impact on what the team does beyond what he does within the confines of the offense. But I think the Colts will be fine. They've got a guy who provides for them a very bright future, but they're going to need to have a guy. If they don't keep Minshew next year, they need to have somebody they can trust because Richardson's playing style may be conducive to injuries like this. We've already seen him have a concussion. Now he's got the shoulder, and it could be, it could be more. So 
So, so I gotta tell my little story before we get to the news. I am surprised I am sitting here right now. I am surprised I am sitting anywhere right now. I won't get into the details, but I had reason to believe I had something that wasn't right when I left the house on Saturday, but I had no idea. And what was your reason? Like, what well, do you mean? Like, I, t- I said I don't want to get graphic. Like, I've had enough urinary issues from time to time over my life that you just know when something's not right. Okay. You have... Do you feel pains down there? I felt or? like there's a certain... It's a little pressure, like... And I knew something in the... In the, you know, in those tubes down there wasn't. Yeah. Clean. In the final exit right, tube. Right. Something there. Right. Something was just kind of like not right. And I felt like I had to go to the bathroom right after I went. Oh, and it's right. It's like, I don't know if I've got a prostate thing or what, but yeah. something isn't isn't yeah. completely right. Yeah. You are but, old, so you might have a prostate exactly, thing. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I start through the process of traveling and, you know, I'll just deal with it. It'll resolve itself because that's what it's done in the past. It just kind of resolves itself. OK, fine. So, like you, I wasn't able to sleep through the night. I got to bed at 11. I'm going to get my eight hours. I'm going to be ready to go. If I get eight hours on Saturday night, it doesn't matter if I don't get eight hours any other night of the week. I'll be good to go on Sunday. Yeah. Up at one, got to go pee, just like you. And I think that's fine. That's the whole thing. And it's like still not right, but at least everything's still working. Yeah. Up at three, same thing. Gotcha. Then when when I started back to bed, it's like something's not. Something, something. So now you're right. out of the bathroom and I'm still bathroom feeling and uncomfortable. It's like, but no, this new thing is coming. Uh, like, like, am I? Did I sleep funny? Am I like, what is this? Oh, it's getting, getting a little stronger. Right. Like, what What did I do? And then, within a matter of minutes, I was like pacing all around the hotel room. I couldn't sit, like, I couldn't get comfortable. I was like, what do I, what, what, what is wrong with me? I was doubled up on the bed. I was sitting down. I I'd like, not, I could not get comfortable. Oh, oh. And I started, I was getting clammy and sweaty. And it's like, I got to go to the fucking hospital. Yeah. Sorry. I, sorry uh, if you're getting ready for school. I got to go to the hospital. Like, it's 4.30 in the morning. I just slipped out. And I have to go get dressed and go to the hospital. Yeah. And I've got no choice in the matter. Right. There is no alternative. I have to go to the hospital. And so I go down to the front desk. Hey, uh, is there you got a house car or something? Somebody running to the hospital. It's two and a half miles away. You know, it's great. You pick up your phone. Hospital's near you. Right up the Boom. street. Two and a half yeah. miles. Right. Greenwich uh, Hospital. Right. Say it. Don't spray it. Yeah. Sorry. So um, I might have given you COVID. So, <laughs> so I call an Uber. Guy says, well, you should probably call an Uber. And I was not going to call an ambulance. I don't want to be like... Older guy who, anytime he has anything wrong, calls 911 like my father-in-law does. Yeah. Right? I don't want ambulance coming to the house or wherever I am. Like, it's not – I ain't dying. At least I think I'm not dying. But, but it took – you know, 4.30 in the morning, the Ubers aren't buzzing all over no, the place. Right. So it took a while for the Uber to come. So then the Uber finally comes, and we get to the hospital. And, of course, the main door's closed. Got to go to emergency, which is fine because I was going to emergency anyway. Go to emergency. And God love them. I mean, they're doing their usual intake, like spell your first and last name. It's like, I'm dying here. Yeah, <laughs> like, I am. Can you not process? see? Yeah. Can you not see? I am in misery. Is there not some deviation from the normal procedure of getting spelling of first name, spelling of last name, address? You know, we can take care of all that later. I'm, I need relief. And. Uh, finally, they, they, they did an EKG, I guess, because when you're older and they, they may have a heart attack. Like, I said, I think I have a kidney stone. Yeah. I think I have a kidney stone. Right. I but you're old and they want to check. Right. They couldn't do an EKG. I was sweating so bad, none of the things would stick. <laughs> you're just because you're so uncomfortable. I was so sweaty. Yeah. Like, that's one of the symptoms. I was able oh, at some point to activate right. my phone and say kidney stone symptoms, intense pain. Yes, yeah. that's one. But yeah. sweating is one of them. Huh. And I don't know if it was psychosomatic because I'm sweating like a pig. Like, I'm just sweating and none of the leads would stick They won't to me. stay on, right. So anyway, anyway. They gave me morphine, yeah, finally. Right. The morphine kind of worked. Took a little edge off. Then came the queen mother. Oh, baby. Then came the Toradol. Yeah. Holy shit, Toradol works. <laughs> now you know what the NFL oh players Oh, my God. Now doing. I know why they line up like kids at a candy <laughs> store. Toradol works. You want relief for your pain? Toradol works. 
So, and it kind of made me a little woozy. I don't know if it was a combination of the morphine or what, but I was a little woozy. I was a little drowsy. I think they gave me Dilaudid also, which is another pain medication. So you'll do that the night before the show, but you won't come to my house and partake in other activities. Well, in the I, had, I, had, I, know, I I'm joking. I'm and joking. at the time, again, I'm thinking, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Yeah, like, I yeah. can't leave this place that has given me this magic elixir injected straight into my vein, literally, that has allowed me to not, like completely lose my mind like right. i can't take this pain right. with no relief like you know i've had some gastrointestinal pain in my life that you know the relief is coming yeah it's just a matter of time this was i don't know how i'm ever going to get relief and how i'm going to keep relief like this knife is stuck into my abdomen and it's not going anywhere so, so anyway, tordo got injected what around 6 30 a.m 6 a.m somewhere there around 5 36 a.m okay all right yeah all it right. was it was already had the thing you know they took blood and they leave that port yeah. there so they can put all the stuff and so yeah. morphine Tore it all, delighted, and they took me for a CAT scan, and um, and I'm like, I, they said it'll be, you know, well, you'll, you'll hear something about an hour, and I'm I'm kind of half asleep, half awake. I'm just glad, I'm glad this is you're not misery, is gone. right, it's, right. When you go through pain like that, when it's gone, yeah, you have a new perspective on yeah, life. Yeah. Like I was happy yesterday, I'm happy today. Anything other than living with that pain, right. is awesome, awesome. Um, so they. Eventually came a Dr. Chang came in and told me, you're right. You have a kidney stone. It's like they didn't want to listen to me. It's like, I think I have a kidney stone. Well, we got to check it for all this stuff. I think I have a kidney stone. Anyway, they found it. Two millimeters. That tiny little shit, two millimeters, was giving me that kind of agony. I can't imagine what it does if it's bigger. Or if you have like a nine-pound child that you're trying to, you know, expel from your, from your lower body cavity. Which I've I seen can, that. I can only imagine yeah, what that's right. like if yeah. two millimeters causes that kind of pain. But it was right at the spot where it starts down like the little spaghetti-sized tube, and it causes maximum pain there. So I haven't passed it yet, but it's not going to cause anything close to the pain that I was experiencing. Damn, so you still didn't pass it. No, but, but it, 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 he said it's not going to hurt you. It's two millimeters. It's not going to hurt you. They gave me, like, Flomax. They gave me Percocet. I took one last night because right. I was starting to feel a little something. Yeah. I feel great now, though. Okay. I feel great. And the Percocet's worn off as far as I know. Oh, yeah. You think it did. But, but let me tell you something. Kidney right. stone. Kidney stone. I'd heard about it, and I was always like, it's like, I don't want to think about it. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you drink a lot of soda. Yeah, but it hasn't happened to me yet. Yeah. It hasn't happened to me yeah. yet. Now, let me tell you something. I'm drinking water. We're going to readjust. We're going to get off the Diet Coke I'm, I'm in the morning and all that. And water. All right. And water. And no more energy Red Bull vodkas no, and all that. I, I, I didn't I mean to say it. the vodka part. No. Uh, the Red Bulls. I have a Red Bull on Sunday, one day a week. Okay. All right. I, I thought a, it was more uh, than that. Three right. o'clock. No, just one day. Okay. Because. It's a busy time. That's my nap time. Yeah. And my body is used to taking a nap in the <laughs> afternoon. My body's used to sleeping five hours at night and one it's in the day. It's just nap time. And so Jeff Adams it brings a me right on during time. nap time. Red Bull. Because you, you see what I, I mean. Look, I know. I'm it's not busy. Trying, I'm not no, looking no, for, You're legit. Not looking I can vouch for that. But from the hours of about 3.15 He's walking around with a notepad and he's like, hold on. Hold on. Uh, huh? Well, okay. Well, okay. I never uh, know. Uh, I never yeah. know who's calling. Right. When they're calling. Right. Are they calling at the same time? Is it going to be two guys? Is it going to be seven guys? Because you got to throw... It's like you're you're fishing, and I got eight poles. Hey, can I get this guy? Can I get this guy? Can I get this guy? And it's like, well, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Some, like yesterday, there were four of them. They all hit. And one, I asked for one guy, and that's who I thought they were sending me, and they sent me somebody else. I remember you, me, you said like, that. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. I, just, I didn't know. And uh, they're like, uh, yeah, yeah we I heard know. you say you went, uh, oh, I wasn't expecting him, but I'll, I'll, I'll pull something out of my butt or something <laughs> <Yes>. like that. <laughs> I think yeah, that's what yeah, you yeah, said as I you did. were walking by me. That's <laughs> what I did. All right, so anyway, that's it. Enough of that. Let's get to the show. Uh, but um, Well, we're glad you're okay. You've had a rough few weeks there, COVID. I don't know what's next. Kidney Death is boy. the only way to complete this trifecta. <laughs> I shouldn't not, say that as I'm getting ready to fly home. Yeah. But from COVID to kidney stone, yeah. if things happen in threes, I don't want to know what's I wonder next. if COVID has something to do with the kidney stone, right? Like, does it COVID dehydrate people? Is That's that part a good of it? Point. You know what I, mean? I drank a lot of Gatorade right. when I right. had COVID. A lot of Gatorade. But I don't know. Yeah. All I know is that was misery. COVID is nothing. And you got some Percocets in case you get a little pain tonight. I mean, you got stuff yeah, got like to hold you over. Okay, no, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. Yeah, I do have cash. It's funny. My doctor at home, because I texted him to tell him what was going on, and I said they gave me Percocet. He said, hell, you should bring those home and sell them. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's kidding, though. He's kidding. <laughs> They're hot on the street. I'm going to be careful. I'm going to flush them when I get home. Don't come to my house. I'm going to flush them. I don't need them. I really don't. I, like the one I took last night, I was starting to feel some pain, and, and it helped me sleep. 
But I woke up this morning feeling completely normal. I could not believe it. When you go through something like that, and anybody's had kidney stones knows this, you have no idea what you're like. You, you don't even think about the future, like tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I am dying. Right. And death may be a better alternative right. to what I'm experiencing right now. That's how bad it is. I hope you never get it. I hope none of you have ever gotten it. But you know it's Thank inevitable you. for some. It is horrendous man but on the other side of it yeah. there's always another side that's how i got through it i used to run a lot like i ran a couple of marathons it's been 25 years since i did the new york marathon and when i would run long distances like there's always something hurting and you just tell yourself yeah got just through, keep going keep going just keep yeah. going and i reverted back to that yeah like that's like at some point this is going to end i think yeah at some point this is going to feel right. better I hope. All right. At some point, I'm going to yeah. have relief. I pray. All right. And it yeah. finally came. So. Yeah. And now anyway. we're in hour three, and you got to do something. Bang. You, you know who Let's else is in some pain today? This old rich guy that's got a big yacht, right? Guy's looking for glory hole. Oh, exactly. And none, and none, and none there. Stadium. There ain't no glory there right yeah. now. <laughs> He's yeah. a little mad. He's probably uh, more miserable than you this morning. And fortunately, we were right. We both were right. Yeah. And most of us picked the 49ers last night. But it comes down to a point that I have stolen from you that you've made, and it's absolutely right. It, it, it's raw physicality, and that's the only way to beat the Cowboys. You have to match their physicality or exceed their physicality. Yeah. And that was a, that was a game last night. I yeah. mean, they were hitting. And the Cowboys hit and the 49ers hit. But when you hit the Cowboys back the way that the Cowboys are used to hitting other people, yeah, that's, right. that's the way that you break them. Yeah. And they broke them last night. That, that's right. You know, yeah, we've had a lot of good combos about this over the last two or three years, right? I mean, the, the, the physicality of the 49ers, the Cowboys are used to being the fastest physical team on the field, right? Oh, no, it's the 49ers. We talk about matchups all the time, right? A matchup league. And, and the 49ers are a tough matchup for the Cowboys because they can match their speed and they're bigger on both sides of the football. And then I'd go a step further to go, and they're better coached, right? I mean, I, I know he's my buddy and all, but I, you know, for my money right now, Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in football. Him or Andy Reid are on a pedestal, I think, by themselves right now. So they got a lot of things going there. Now, I, I thought that Dallas, because of the way they lost the last two times, right, that – I didn't expect 42 to 10. That's what I'll say. But I think what we're seeing here is we're seeing the best 49er team that Shanahan has had in his little short stint or in a medium stint here with the 49ers to this point where you look at them right now and go, where is the weakness? What don't they do well? And, I mean, last night was a complete four-quarter butt-whooping on both sides of the ball. I feel like they resolved at some point. I may have mentioned this to you before. Jason Garrett and I were talking about this last night back on the way to the hotel after we were done. The 49ers have decided that they're going to leave no doubt this year. There's not going to be any close I losses. think that's the – There's right. not going to be any – I think that's the mantra. There's not going to be any rabbit that right. Patrick Mahomes is going to pull out of his yeah. ass if that's who they face yeah. in the Super Bowl. They're not going to be – They want Philly 10. at home. Yeah. You know, everything that goes along with what you're saying. They're not going to be up 10 with seven minutes left. They're going to be up 24 with seven minutes left. It's going to be boring. It's going to be Super Bowl 29 if they get there. That they have decided that – it's too hard to thread needles. And most teams that are winning championships in today's NFL are threading needles. Yeah. They are breaking needles. And they're just, they're just saying, here's the thread. We're off we go. This, this is who we are. And last night was an, was an example of that because they faced an elite team. It was a playoff-type feel. It was a big game feel. And they showed up and they kicked their ass. Now, will they be focused in the other moments yeah. when it isn't a great team? Right. Where do they find that motivation but I think that that's the mantra this year. Leave no doubt. Take no prisoners. No close games, especially in the big games. I, they I score 30 there. or more every single game. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're right about that. I, mean, I think it started a little bit with the offseason talk when we heard Debo talking about the Eagles, right, right before training camp and in training camp. I think it showed you there's, <clears throat> there was a, a chip on their shoulder from the way that season ended. I think the way the last two seasons ended. I think, you know, two years in a row, I think the 49ers walked off the field and thought, hey, we were better than the Rams, and they got us today, and we were better than the Eagles, and our quarterback got hurt. You know, wh whether that's true or not, it doesn't matter. That's what they believe. But I think the thing, too, that, that is different about them this year, we know the defense is good. Steve Wilkes is you know, continuing to impress, and he's kind of taken in that 49er system there with a little wrinkles of his own. And then I think where it's different than the other years is 
Shanahan's got a quarterback that he trusts. So the, the, the pressure of, wait, I like this play on second and seven, but oh, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo right here to do the right thing. Or he's having one of those days where it's a lot of brain farts, right, Mike, that we would make fun of or dumb interceptions. He doesn't have that at quarterback right now, let alone he's got weapons that to play with and starting with McCaffrey where he puts you in a bind in the running game. And that's where Dallas was in deep crap last night. And you're watching these highlights here yeah Dallas has to overcommit to stop the run against the 49ers and then Dallas likes to rely on their pass rush and their DBs to play man-to-man and do all that but hey with the play action pass as good as the O-line is of the 49ers and of course their weapons man-to-man is hard down the field for a period of time and as far as as Purdy is protected so that's where I think the 49ers are different that they're a real juggernaut on the offensive side of the ball this year. And you've got a great array of talented skill position players who are willing to wait their Do turn. Do whatever, right? George Kittle waited his turn, yeah, right. and he got three touchdown catches last night. Purdy had four touchdown passes. I'm glad about something I heard you say yeah. last night, because this came up, I believe, on Thursday. You and I didn't get a chance to discuss it. Kyle's disdain for the reference to Brock Purdy as a system quarterback I mean, that's not the same as calling a guy a game manager. Yeah. He is a system quarterback. Yeah. He runs Kyle's system. That's the what perfection. Kyle's been looking for. Right. The system calls for this throw. Right. Brock Purdy makes it. He calls for that throw. Brock Purdy makes it. It calls for that read, that decision. Brock Purdy does it right. He finally has that joystick quarterback, exactly that guy right. that runs the offense exactly the way that Kyle wants it to be run. That's what Rex Grossman said. I'll never forget this. After the lockout in 2011. Hey, Rex, do you think you're going to win the starting job in Washington? Yes. You know why? Because I'm going to run the offense exactly the way Kyle Shanahan wants it yeah, to be run. Right. And that's what Brock Purdy does. And that's what he finally has. And that was the missing piece. That was the area where they had, through their own fault, whether it was not scouting Patrick Mahomes, saying no thank you to Tom Brady, trusting Jimmy Garoppolo when they shouldn't have, trusting Trey Lance when they shouldn't have, and I still feel bad for Trey Lance the way everything happened, but now they've got the guy that they need. Yeah. And now that was the missing piece. They've got a team made up of a bunch of roughnecks who will roll out of bed and kick your ass. They've got guys who can run the ball. They've got guys who can catch the ball. And now they have a guy that they can trust to throw the ball under all circumstances as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and you know, what is so bad about it? And if us? he gets injured, they got Sam Darnold. Well, exactly. Who will be almost as good. Yeah, agreed. And what, yeah, that, that's what I was trying to make the point of last night on Football Night in America. Is it, it, you know, a system guy, for some reason, has got a negative connotation around it. To me, the negative one is what you said, game manager. That's when you go, wait, he's a game manager because we're managing him, and then therefore he's kind of managing things on the field a little bit, but we don't just open the playbook and go. Zach Wilson, right? game manager. Yeah. Rock Purdy, right, quarterback. Right, right, But it's not a pejorative. It's, it's not, not a negative. No. I look at I, – I go, well, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to me was a, the, a great, the greatest system quarterback ever. I don't know. I grew up watching Joe Montana work the West Coast offense to perfection. Oh, his steps are perfect. Oh, on the second hitch, he's down to the second read all that I don't know is that not system so you know that's where I think it's a it's not fair that way and to your point you know there's a talent in a, having a guy not everybody can just listen to a guy like Shanahan and take in all the offense and the information and hey the checks and all the things I'm telling you to think about before the ball snapped and then hey when the ball snapped I gave you another four clues on what to look for here and so there's great talent in that. And that's where Brock Purdy is really special. And everybody needs a little system to a degree. I mean, the guys that don't need a system in the history of football are, are almost on one hand. I mean, we're talking about like, okay, Elway, who, yeah, he could get to the Super Bowl, but guess what? He didn't win two Super Bowls until he got a system with Shanahan, right? You know, okay, Brett Favre. You know, Peyton Manning probably didn't need it. Mahomes, Allen, it's those kind of guys that, okay, yeah, even on the average system, they can make it look pretty damn good. But everybody else, you know, for the most part, listen, Brady, great arm, unbelievable. He was like this, but he was like Brock Purdy on steroids, right? I could take all the coaching points from Belichick and McDaniels and I can put it out on the field and I'll make the right decisions and right, the right throw. It's not a bad thing. And uh, he's kicking ass right now. And Shanahan's kicking ass. Shanahan and what they got going there in San Francisco, like you said, you could tell there's a real drive for something bigger than just being 4-0, 5-0, whatever they are right now. Uh, Super Bowl is, is, is in their, you know, 
front mirror, or what do I want to say, in their windshield? What, what would it's you on say their there? radar screen. Radar screen, oh, that's cliches. where I wanted to go. But it's not go to the Super Bowl and have a close, exciting, interesting game. We're going to be very bored. If the 49ers win the Super Bowl, we're going to be very bored in the second half. Not quite to the extent, and I remember Super Bowl twenty-four. Broncos 49ers and it's like well this is gonna be a great game oh I know like, it was Damn. over the it second was, yeah. quarter you but were that, like whoa they, look right? that is what you have to do to Patrick Mahomes and I and Kyle Shanahan knows that you can't let him hang around you got to be up by 24 points in the fourth quarter and even then even then you're not completely safe maybe you got to be up 30 points in the fourth <laughs> quarter if you can make it happen and they've got the physicality they've got the skills to make it happen let's hear from Kyle Shanahan talking about his system quarterback which we think is a good thing for some reason he doesn't in Brock Purdy he was really good. Uh, everybody was pretty good. Um, but I um, thought he missed one throw throughout the day um, from what it seems like. Just a little behind B.A. in the first quarter on one, and everything else seemed pretty flawless. He did a great job. There's a real good pass rush, some tight coverages. Guys gave him some time, and also the guys made a lot of plays too. Seven different receivers catching passes from Brock Purdy. The most yards were 67 for George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk with 58, Debo Samuel with 55. The numbers, when you look statistically, are not eye-popping. Nobody had over 100 yards. No. Christian McCaffrey had 51 on 19 carries. But they the defense. and Exactly. You know, it was the, the team, the complete team right. thing. They're, they suffocate you on both sides, and their defense gets good field position. You don't need 100 yards. You don't yard need 100. Rushing. Exactly right, because we got the ball at the 48-yard line, and now we're going to score in three or four plays, and that's how the game kind of started, right, Mike? It was a good drive. Then they got the ball at the 38-yard line. Uh, George Kittle, trick play, boom, touchdown. Hey, it's 14 nothing. Uh-oh, now you're going to have to start throwing on us every play, and it all starts to snowball downhill after that. Micah Parsons was after the first couple of weeks no-brainer defensive player of the year yeah. maybe even mvp we had that conversation now we got to put fred warner in the discussion for defensive player of the year i mean you got an opportunity to compare apples to apples in the same game michael parsons swallowed up by the 49ers yeah. for the most part fred warner unstoppable forced fumble sack interception there was that one play where he was covering brandon cooks down the field he's amazing i know it's 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 all the time what they ask him to do he is the best stand-up linebacker in the game, right? I mean, he's, he has been for really the last two or three years, but, you know, has all that physicality and no hesitation that we talk about in the run game. And then, yeah, can run with elite tight ends and receivers down the field and be comfortable 40 and 50 yards down the field against a Brandon Cooks. You know, we saw him what make a pick last year running down the middle of the field on Dak Prescott uh, one time. So, yeah, he's special. You know, I don't know if he'll have enough sexy stats to ever win that award it's hard as an off the ball linebacker because you need to force a lot of fumbles and get interceptions like that right you don't get the sack attempts and all right. the, those chances there but uh, I think everybody's seeing how special he is and how special their front seven is in general I mean the guy next to him is a stud in Greenlaw and of course we know the rest of that defensive line is really good the 49ers are um, I mean just absolutely phenomenally coached on both sides of the football. And then they have the grit and toughness that you don't usually see from a creative football team. I think that's what makes them interesting. And to your point, too, it's not like it's like, oh, wow, you know, 421 yards against the Cowboys is damn impressive. But it's the way they spread out the wealth. So you, you can never – it's hard – to in a game like yesterday to pinpoint wait who are they featuring who are they going after see they featured McCaffrey so hard the first four weeks this is where they are awesome is you know and then they get in a game like this and they go oh you're worried about McCaffrey you're worried about McCaffrey oh here's Debo here's Kittle and all these other things and they break it out and Shanahan plays that off of the McCaffrey thing and that's where he's really brilliant and you know this is one I look at and just go I don't know I, it, the, the more you look at it, and if the Cowboys lost like that last night, I look at it and go, I, this is the Cowboys to beat the 49ers, if they play them again, is going to have to take something miraculous, take the Cowboys you know, with egg on their face. I mean, the 49ers with messing up, egg on their face, something like that. And you wonder what it does psychologically to the Cowboys. No doubt. Forward. No doubt. You may not even want to play the 49ers again. You may at some level self-sabotage yourself so you don't have to do it. It reminds me of the conversation I had with Demarius Thomas, late Demarius Thomas. Yeah. But this was in advance of the Super Bowl eight, nine years ago. The Broncos had lost at home to the Colts in the divisional round. Right. The precursor to John Fox being yeah. fired. He said, 2014. He, very candid, he said, 
there were guys on the team who yeah. did not want to go to New England and play the Patriots. Mm. They got their wish. Yeah. They didn't get to go to New England to play the Patriots because right. they knew what was waiting for them. So, you know, if the Cowboys see a rematch coming where they have to go to Levi's Stadium, maybe they don't get there. And it's not a conscious decision that would be made. But what are we really playing for here? We're going to go out there and bust our asses and try to beat the Eagles or the Lions or whoever. And the reward is go get the shit kicked out of us again by the 49ers. That's going to be hard to set aside. Psychologically, that's going to be hard for the Cowboys to set aside. I don't disagree there. I, I, I don't. You look at it and you look at them and, hey, we've all been athletes at some sort of level and we've all gotten our butts kicked or played a team where you go, man, they just got our number. They match up well with us and their coach well. And I just look at the Cowboy one and go, what, what is it? Where's the advantage to be had for them as we move forward? Where? I mean, okay, if Michael Parsons goes off and maybe gets two or three strip sacks or something, okay, maybe. But damn, I mean, the 49ers got Trent Williams and they're pretty smart. And even last night, I think we're conservative for the first half of the football game because they were like, we're not going to let the Cowboys pass rush beat us. Because I think they looked at it. And I think the way Shanahan called the game in the first half was really like, the only way we're losing is if we, we drop back to pass too many times and their pass rush, their crazy pass rush gets after us. But, you know, we talk about the talent on the field. We go, ooh, okay, Dallas usually has the advantage in that speed and talent. They don't have it there. So where's the next advantage? Ooh, well, maybe their coaching can get it done. No way. It's just not going to happen. Shanahan knows Dan Quinn and his system and what he does there. And then, of course, as we see last night, the offense for the Dallas Cowboys is it's it's a solid system. It's sound and everything like that, but it lacks creativity. And I don't know if it can get them over the hump against a team like the 49ers or the Eagles or whatever else. It's just they're not a great, great running team. They're a good running team. And then their passing game, as you see last night, is kind of ordinary. And it's a little too reliant on the Jimmys and Joes more than the Xs and the Os. And that's where I just go, I don't know. I don't see the path and where the Cowboys do beat the 49ers if they have to play them again in the future. And we're not suggesting they're going to give up or that they should abandon ship. It's just a lot to process. It's a tough one. When you think based upon the way you've played through four weeks, that you got something special going on and you find out otherwise in front of everyone in a very dramatic and convincing way. Definitely. That's a lot it's a shocking to moment. work through right. your brain. Right. It's almost as difficult as working a kidney right. stone through your you know, your waterworks. Well, so they're sitting there thinking, hey, we're, he- we're, we're right here with these guys, right? That's what they're selling and themselves. And they just got smacked and down. Now it was it's, whack-a-mole And now night. it's like we didn't lose in a close one where we can go home and go, hey, if we did this one play different, it'd be a different game. Like you said, it was a beatdown where you were like, whoa, wait, maybe we're not what we thought we were. And that's where I think the psychological element of this does come into play for them. Let's watch and listen to what head coach Mike McCarthy and quarterback Dak Prescott had to say after the game for any clues as to whether or not they are dealing with this overall what the hell happened and where do we go from here mindset. Here they are. Uh, a very humbling loss, um, clearly, uh, stating the obvious. I think the biggest thing is um, I, I just – had a quick reflection on the five games that we played in. You know, um, it's been a wide range of performance, as wide as a range that I could ever recall in a five-week period. So, um, thank you. You know, the biggest thing is for you know us to be accountable. It was clearly humbling, um, but it is one game. Didn't see it coming, as you said. Put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, Called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Dak Prescott, who was not happy to be reminded last week about what the 49ers did in the playoffs, and he was using that to get himself a little bit juiced up. But even then, I don't care how focused, determined they were. That makes it even worse because I think they were focused. I think they were determined. I think it's the this number is one. Little, little yeah. brother finally getting a shot to beat Big Brother at ping pong. And, right. And Big Brother skunked him. Yeah, right. Yeah, Big Brother beat him 21 to 5, yeah. right? You know, no, I, I, I think that. You know, I think there was a thought around all of football, and we talked about it even in our picks podcast on Thursday a little bit. That yeah, the the the, the 49ers are going to get the Cowboys' best shot here. This this all anybody who played sports before realized this was going to be a measurement game for the Cowboys, so they can justify for themselves like, hey, 
we're as good as these upper echelon teams in the NFC and in football. And now they're going to go back to the drawing board and go, damn, are we? I mean, how good are we actually? Now, they're still really damn good, like you said, and they're going to be in the thick of things all year long. Uh, I know that. They are a top team in football. But this is a tough matchup for them, and they're clearly not in the class of the 49ers. And even if it had been close, Chris... They could have come out of it thinking, we'll get him. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. They can't even take that no, away from No, this. right. You know, they can't say we're going to go buckle so, down. Oh, we're going to work even harder. What? Yes, Yeah, exactly. we're going to get on. We, you know what? That We can fix it. We can fix it. Right. We'll be ready. Now, now, look, we've seen what injuries can do to a team. And the 49ers are the one team where you kind of have to hold your breath every time one of their key players runs the ball because he's fighting for that extra yard. That's the way they play. And that's, and that's the thing. You can't turn that off. Yeah. You've got right. to accept the risk that your guys fighting for every blade of grass are going to get injured at some point. That's the only thing. You mentioned Trent Williams earlier. Michael Parsons can't get past him. Hey, maybe if Trent Williams – and I don't want to jinx anybody by naming names, but when you play the way the 49ers play, that's your only hope if you're one of the teams trying to beat them. That By the time we get to January, the attrition, the natural process of guys – just bodies not being able to continue to do it the way they do it, maybe you get an edge that way. But that's that, that's like hoping for, you know, some weird weather event. Yeah, that's that right. That, that's hope. I mean, you don't, yeah. You're, that's, that's hope. And it may right. be false hope. But yeah. it's like, well, you know what? Maybe we become the lucky beneficiary. Maybe somebody hits Brock Purdy's arm in a weird way. You know, some lucky thing. But they would have gone to the Super Bowl last year, I believe, if Brock Purdy hadn't gotten injured. Maybe they would have won it last year. Right now, they're the best team in football. And if I'm picking any one team versus the field, that's the team I yeah, would pick. Yeah, I think right now. Because yeah. I think this team can beat anyone in the NFC, yeah. and this team is built to beat anyone in the AFC. Yeah, I And they're, they're built to blow out the Chiefs, not screw around and let Mahomes come back and take it, but, but wipe the floor with them before they can even say, hey, we got a chance here. Yeah, which, which dovetails into our next game. Oh, oh, oh how convenient for <laughs> <are> you. <laughs> I wasn't even planning that one. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat. Protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. So, let me set the scene yesterday. And look, nothing that this guy was going to say to me yesterday was going to bother me because I was just happy to be alive <laughs> and, and not feeling like a lance had been jammed into my lower abdomen. But... When the Ravens were up 7-0 in Pittsburgh, and bottom line is this was, for me, a pasta and meatballs. Steelers find a way to win. I don't care that the Ravens are favored by four, four and a half. This is one going into the bye week with everything that's happening. This is find a way, find a way. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be unlikely, and it's going to happen. So the Ravens are up 7 nothing, and God, I wish they were recording. Oh, uh, I know. 7 nothing And driving. And driving, and I'm going, oh, this this is about to be a beatdown. So I'm sorry. I started imitating you. I don't know. I don't know. It's the Steelers, and you know, I've seen this story <laughs> before. I grew up around Pittsburgh, so I started imitating Mike. Mike Tomlin. And, Mike, and Tomlin Mike Tomlin. You back. Him in the corner, he'll find a way. So I was bringing out all of Flory 
Orioles lines he uses with the Steelers and kind of had the viewing room laughing and chuckling. And I don't know. I was like, I cursed myself. From that point on, it seemed like the Ravens started to <laughs> F up and mess up all the time and kept letting the Steelers hang around. And all of a sudden, I look over at Mike, and it's like it's 10-5 in the fourth quarter, and he looks at me, and he goes, I've seen this movie before. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I have too. Here we go. But that's the thing. You can't – because there is something very real, and this is one of the reasons why – Analytics has a place and a time in football. It's, it's a very emotional, it's a very psychological, it's a very momentum-driven sport where when you're in the stadium, when you're, and I was there three weeks ago, when they play Renegade, yeah. something happens. When you let them hang around on a day when you should be up by 30, as the Ravens should have been, yeah. something happens. Yeah. I don't know if it blows in from the Three Rivers or it's just hovering over there. It's the ghost of Art Rooney. I don't know. Yeah. But it happens. It's intangible, but it's tangible. And when you're there, you feel it. You experience it. When you're watching it on TV, you can feel it coming from your screen. You can. And, and we just knew which way it was going. And even after Gunnar Olszewski... Fumbles the punt, and the Ravens have it on the doorstep. What happens? Picks, not a pick six, but an interception in the end zone that was completely avoidable. But that's just your brain malfunctions when you're trying to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh in a game when you've let them hang around longer than you should have let them hang around. There it is. There's a throw. A single coverage to a guy who doesn't make those plays anymore. And I'm sorry. All due respect to everything Odell Beckham Jr. has done in his career, he is not at the level where he can go take that ball like he used to. No, I, 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 you're right about that. I understand that. Like, I will certainly start there and question and go, wait, we're just going to go biggest play of the game, just throw a one-on-one jump ball to Odell Beckham Jr.? Right. I mean, we know how talented he was and is, but he's not in any groove to think like, hey, in the big moment, trying of the game, to force it. They're we're trying to make go it. They're to trying you. to make it right. happen. Right. Lamar, that was a bad throw. He threw the ball four feet inside there. So he didn't even give Odell a chance, really. So that wasn't good. And then just the overall acknowledgement, again, too, of where you are as a football team. It's 10 8, right? The field goal would have been huge. You're going to make Pittsburgh go down and score a touchdown. I know they did, but it might have been different at 13-8 to as compared to only 10-8 where you go, wait, the pressure's not the same. If we get a field goal here, we can go up still too, right? So, But, I mean, everything you said about the Steelers is unreal. It, they, they are tough. They hang around. You're right. And once they start to smell a little blood in the water, you could feel it permeating through the, the TV screen. But that will be a game where the Ravens are going to be absolutely sick when they watch that back tomorrow, right? I mean, we had, we had, I mean, I'm writing and looking at my notes from the game yesterday. I mean, first drive, they go down, they score the touchdown, right? Or that was the second drive because the first drive, Zay Flowers dropped a touchdown pass, right? Then second drive, they score a touchdown. Third drive, they're moving down the field and you're going, whoa, they're going to go up and blow them out here and they drop Another touchdown. Mark Andrews drops a pass that he could have caught for a touchdown. And then Rashad Bateman caught, dropped a really easy one that was right in his face, right? So that was when it started to go, wait, are, are the Ravens really going to do this today and do this kind of thing? Then they're moving the ball later in the in the half. And here, there it is. Justice Hill fumbled. It's 10-0. You're going, man, the Ravens are doing whatever they want. They're going up and down the field on Pittsburgh. Then this at the end of the half? Well, quick, wait, stop and rewind so I can relive this moment again. Because this is one of the monumental moments of the football game. It's 10-3 right there on the fourth and two right after this play. There's 20 seconds left. Fourth and two. This was a disorganized situation. I still don't think we know exactly what happened right here. Because John Harbaugh looked like he was shocked that they ran a play at all. It seemed like they were going to try to draw him off sides if they didn't get it. They're going to call timeout and kick a field goal. Go up by 10. They come away with nothing. At the end of the half. And then this is... And those points are precious in, in this Pittsburgh. game. You go right. up 10, you're closer and closer to break. And there's Aguilar, Aguilar dropping babies. Aguilar dropping babies out of the window again. <laughs> then here comes Lamar Jackson missing what? a wide open Zay Flowers. Yeah. And he kind of misplayed it a little bit, but he still missed him. Yes, he did. And then that at the end. Yes. One-on-one, you're throwing to the Odo Beckham Jr. like it's 2014. 
in uh, you know a one-on-one matchup. Yeah, now. right. Now the other side of it too yeah. is there is a guy who when you go one-on-one and they're starting that, to figure no it doubt, out. No doubt. No doubt. You know when I got him on the phone last night, and I'm not going to write it up this way. Um, because I was laying it on thick with George Pickens because I finally had a chance to talk to him. Yeah. And I was like, fanboy. Uh, like, George, I don't know why they don't throw you Why don't they throw you all the time? time? You're so I, great, And he's George. laughing. He's like, oh. You know, he's like, <laughs> I agree. And it's like, George, how do you stay calm when they're not throwing you the ball all the time? Where? You know, where? And, but that play, right, it's second and nine, minute and change left. And he said he comes out of the huddle. He sees cover zero, no safety help. And he could tell by the way Marlon Humphrey lined up, looking in his eyes. It's a single. This is me and him. And and Humphrey starts to give him a little cushion right before the play. Not much. But he said he opened the gate for me, and I ran right through it. And that's what this guy can do. Yeah. Single coverage equals he's not covered. If he's got one guy on him, he's either going to get open during the course of the play or he's going to catch it if you throw it his way. That's what they need to figure out. And one thing he said is he's noticed he's getting more and more of a cushion generally right at some point and i said to, i said look i i don't compare randy moss to you lightly but i remember there was a time in randy moss's career if they were giving him a nine-yard cushion dante culpepper would check to a quick pass and throw it to him and, and let him let's go. see if you can make a miss and we'll go from as there. we saw george pickens do with the long catch and run against the Browns. right so right. they've got two weeks now to go into the lab they're in their bye. this is the perfect way for them to go into their bye. yeah they can try to refocus because it's still ugly the fire candidate chants were loud. The offense was not good. They still found a way to win. They made a play when they needed to make a play. They had more points at the end of the day. I'm surprised they won by seven. We thought it was going to be 11, 10, 12, 10, 13, 12, something like that. Here's Kenny Pickett on what the biggest challenge in Pittsburgh has been, blocking out all the negativity because it has reached fever pitch. Has it especially, there? Yes. there? It has. And it's right. spreading to Tomlin. Right. Because I, I do 93-7 The Fan in Pittsburgh every Wednesday, and they pivoted from get rid of Canada to get rid of Tomlin last week. Right. Here's Kenny Pickett on shutting out that negativity in Pittsburgh. You know, I think we stay together, and I was, I was preaching that all week. Um, you know, you get to this this level, there's so many outside factors that try to get into a team and try to pull a team apart, whether it's media-related, fan-related, whatever it may be. Um, you have to stay together in football. It's, it's the ultimate team game, um, offense, defense, special teams, 11 guys on the field working together, pushing each other, um, and, and playing their hearts out to go win the game, and that's what we did. So um, incredibly proud of, of our team here. You know, there's a theory, and – it's factual that the theory exists, or maybe it's a hypothesis. I never know quite when a hypothesis becomes an actual theory. Yeah. I think a hypothesis Isn't is the just, same. No, a theory is you have something that you can use to back it up. You oh, have something yeah, yeah. quantifiable. <laughs> right, right. Your theory has gone from being tinfoil yeah. hat idea yeah. to actually being something. But right. the term conspiracy theory, maybe it should be conspiracy hypothesis. Maybe that should be the phrase. Anyway, there's a belief that. And I don't know this to be true, but if it's true, if it's even remotely true, it's fascinating. <clears throat> There's a belief that when Matt Canada was there in Ben Roethlisberger's last year, yeah. there was acrimony between the two of them. Right. And that Big Ben is the one that's peppering quietly. Oh, behind the scenes. Canada. Here, yeah. Canada. Now, the, the, you don't need a whole lot of peppering. No. Because it has been bad. But when you throw on top of it, if he's got friends in the media who have platforms Definitely. and it's dump on Canada, it yeah. kind of takes on a life of its own. Yeah. Because really, really, at the end of the day, Mike Tomlin's the coach of the team. And Mike Tomlin's responsible for what does and doesn't happen. And that's why I've, I've noticed it has, it has pivoted more toward, hey, if they're not going to do anything about Canada, then we're going to start complaining about the guy who's in charge of the whole show. But they got that win, and it changes everything going into the bye week. Now the challenge is use what's happened the first five weeks, play to your strengths, get the ball to 14 on a regular basis. Yeah. And if they're going to give him a 10-yard cushion, check to a quick pass and let him go do his thing. But let's see some jet sweeps. Let's see some bubble screens. Get the ball in this guy's hands. Well, I, 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 um, I, I subscribe to the be great at something on the offensive side of the ball and then work from there. And to me, that is the number one thing you look at. Like, get, it, get the ball into Pickens' hands at all costs and then start to make teams adjust to, wait, we have to double Pickens or we have to do this. And, and then everything else open opens everything up. Else. Right. Yes. you got to have something great or elite about your offense that scares a football team. 
right? And there's got to be something there that, wait, we're really good at this or we're really good at feeding this guy, and you have to now change the way you play a little bit, and that helps us game plan and open up other things in our offense. And they don't have that yet, but he is the guy that can do that, and hopefully yesterday was the jump-off point for that to continue to happen. Because as we know, if they can score a little bit, right, and stay close in football games, just like we see yesterday, their special teams, their defense are capable of making big plays at big moments. I mean, of course, get a block punt and get a safety there. And then, you know, Alex Highsmith around the edge, strip sack, T.J. Watt gets it. I mean, it's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. Their last two home games, they were severely outplayed, and they won both of them against AFC North. Favorite stat of the year, up or down 22-19 in the fourth quarter, had minus seven yards and won the game against the Browns. And it had that same vibe yesterday. It did. Exact same vibe. There's just, look. And you look at the standings. Steelers 3-2, and two, Ravens 3-2, and two, Browns 2-2, two and two, Bengals 2-3. and three. That was a huge win yesterday. That changed things in the AFC North, right? I mean, if Baltimore wins that game, you're going, they're clearly in control of the division. They have beaten the Browns, the Steelers, and the Bengals head-to-head. You know, they're two games up on everybody uh, in the division. And now here we are. It's all jumbled up, and we're going to see where it goes. And, <clears throat> again, that's where Baltimore is going to be sick, certainly. But that is something of a culture, let's build on it type win by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you and your freaking pasta and meatballs can kiss my butt. They've got <laughs> <laughs> And that's, you know, unlike you, I generally keep my mouth shut until it's sealed. <laughs> right. But once it was over, I called out to the room, hey, can I order in pasta and meatballs meatballs, for dinner? (laughs) Yeah, thank Um, you. After the bye week, they've got the Rams, Jaguars, Titans, Packers. I mean, these are all games the Steelers can hang around and maybe pull them off. They still have the Bengals twice, and they finish Week 18 at the Baltimore Ravens, possibly for the division. We'll see how it plays out. But the Steelers, look, it's... And it, it was it's perfect it worked out that we had those two games in the opening segment because what the 49ers did to the Cowboys is what you have to do to the Steelers. Because that's what the 49ers that's did to the Steelers. That's what they did in week one. Yeah. Right. right. That you're not hanging around. You're not going to give them a chance. You're not going to get a strip sack to even the game out or go ahead Renegade here. isn't playing that right, day. Right, When it's 30-6, to six, right. you can save Renegade for next week. Yes, yes. I hear you there. I think that's a valid point. And they are the ultimate hang around. And once the game gets like that, they are. They're like sharks in, in bloody water. And they start to just swim around and hover and the physicality and the pressure of the moment the Steelers seem to thrive in those I kind think of that, that's a good G-rated version for one of my favorite sayings hang around and find out hang around and find out yeah that's the Steelers <laughs> that's the t-shirt slogan for this year all right let's take a break when we return Jets hung around long enough for Nathaniel Hackett to get his revenge against Sean Payton but that game means a lot more than Nathaniel Hackett having bragging rights we'll explain next year on PFT Live Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 